Rodeo time. Gotta get her on down the road. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Rodeo Time, the podcast. We are ranching stock around the clock so hard that we're um, we're breaking records. We're breaking boundaries. We're breaking bones up in here. Even Dale Brisby is no match for... Even Dale Brisby's bones are no match for Dale Brisby. He needs some milk. No, I'm off of milk. But... Um, going vegan, huh? DB, I got, I got a, I got a broken collarbone. Yeah. So I'm in a sling. For those of you that could hear, and you're like, something's different, and you're listening to this podcast, you're like, what's up? What's different? DB's in a sling. Anyhow, <laughs> uh, we like to thank Rock and Roll Denim for bringing us this, uh, this episode of Rodeo Time. It's like Ow. episode like 58 or something. And we're back with our man Drew Merritt, uh, vandalist, really. <laughs> Is that what you like to call yourself? You're a vandal. I, I, I'd like to now. You're a street I'm, bandit. I'm like, I'm a, I'm, I'm a retired vandal. A retired a, vandal. A, a retired vandal. I'm like, the 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 career span of a vandal is very short for those uh-huh. that don't know. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I'm on, I'm on a. Uh, if there's like a retirement for a vandal, which we like to call unemployed in the business, that's me. Um, wouldn't it be employed huh? or is that what you said uh for for a lot of us in the in the graffiti world um unemployment is what the government calls it for us it's called retired yep drew is a um world-renowned street what are you street artists like yeah quick it's, name it's, like, it's weird because artist like, art, artist but like street artist uh like there's give, like a give us. I'm gonna change the 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 look. I'm gonna change the zoom on that. But okay. while I'm doing that, give us like all the things someone has described you as, and even some of the more comical ones. All right. Uh, I mean, like the not so or the more accurate ones would probably be like um, handsome, charming, debonair, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, hilarious, good looking. Um, but no, it, it's it's been it's been described as like a lot like. Man, I'm trying to think how to describe it first. So I'm I'm what they would probably call like third or fourth generation like uh, street art of graffiti. So you have like the old school graffiti writers, and then like uh, you know first generation or whatever that was like late '70s, early '80s, and then it kind of goes into the '90s, and then the 2000s, and then it kind of evolved to where it is right now, where it's um, I mean like the lines have been blurred so much between like graffiti, street art, and all that that I'm. I'm like I'm like the new kid, which is weird to think about, uh, because you know it's 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 like man that that wasn't that long ago, but it was still long ago at the same time. So what do you mean you're the new kid? Well, like you you got all these like um, these guys from like the '80s '90s who who were kind of like the pioneers, but now it's 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 so socially acceptable. And then the internet just took it to this whole other level where it's like you do, you know, one or two good things and you take a photo of it. It doesn't even have to be like illegal or like on the side of a building or train or like whatever. And then it goes viral. And it's kind of like what they were doing illegally, but like on trains and whatever and like repetitive over and over and over getting up up huge, you know, like doing crazy stuff. And people would just see it, you know, with their own eyes. But the internet changed the game. So now it's strange because you have 
I mean, like the pioneers who are who are like a lot of the guys that I know are kind of like purists, like, nah, still this is how it happens. But then you have the guys that are like the old school guys that have evolved and they do both, and it's like just global domination now, because it's uh, you used to be able to tell too, like, or, or in my opinion, you used to be able to tell like geographically, like where somebody was from, you know, like, oh, this guy has like a Philly hand style, like that guy's from New York, like that guy's West Coast, he's got that like, you know, Chicano hand style that only LA has. So but, when people see your stuff, are they like, this guy's from New Mexico and he also ranches and he rides horses, but he's also a graffiti artist. So that was the weird thing about growing up on a ranch. <laughs> Is there was no, there was, we didn't have internet. We had like three TV channels as a kid. Yeah. So we had a train yard though, and I would see trains going through, but I wasn't aware of like the geographic like area thing. Cause I was like my own little cutoff thing. And I was the only one that I knew that wrote graffiti. So growing up on a ranch, I would see like trains go by. And I was like, that was sick. File save as in my brain. And then apply that to my own stuff. Save <laughs> yeah. <in> my brain. <laughs> it was like. You know, you're on like a horse, you're on a motorcycle, like whatever, and you like see something, you're like, oh, oh, watch it until it goes, okay, I gotta like remember that little uh -huh. thing, and then it would apply to my own thing, which uh, at the time it was weird because I always thought like, oh, I'm just like the biggest poser, because I'd look at my stuff and it didn't look like anybody else's because it was like this weird melting pot. So in, in a weird way, like... Hold on, this is like super weird. Because, yeah, not weird, but I can just picture you like <laughs> you're on your ranch in New Mexico... You got nothing to do. You you might work some cows that day, but you're not going to watch TV. You're not going to get on the internet. So you're just chilling, watching trains go by. There was That's one road. Yeah. yeah, there was one road going in and out. The graffiti on a train car is your entertainment for the afternoon. Yep. And that's what helped develop your style of art. Yeah. It Well, so there was one road going in and out of our ranch, and there was a train train track across it. So if we're hauling cattle, <laughs> you get stopped for like 20 minutes and you're just staring. And that was like my whole life. So it's only a matter of time before that like kind of seeps in. You know, if you're a kid, you're yeah. a sponge. So it's like we haul cattle and you just sit there and be like, oh, that was a dope throwy. It's like, who was acting up in the trailer? You know what I right. mean? <laughs> it's like... it's kind of like, it's kind. you know, I got this round pin and it's got post lining. Yeah. And the reason for that is because when you're training a horse, you don't want them distracted. You know, you want them to look at you. You're standing in the middle of the round pen. Eventually, like, if if it's just a panel and yeah. it's just like rebar or whatever, or like sucker rod or or pipe, then they can just look out. They're looking at other horses. You know, somebody drives up and somebody walks up. They're constantly distracted. Well, you got the if it's like cut off and it's like a, you know, their walls. They got to look at you and they're ready to mind you. So I can picture you like. It's not necessarily walls. It's the opposite. It's just flat nothing in New Mexico, and you're forced to look at this train. You know, it's like you've got no distractions, and every yeah. day you leave, you get caught at this train, and you're just like, that's cool graffiti, cool graffiti, cool gra And eventually, you just do what the graffiti tells you to do. Pretty much. Dude, so I, it's, it's weird, too, with, like, materials, because, you know, like, whenever you doctor a calf, you give them a mark. Uh-huh. Well, I learned real quick, those work great on trains, and they stay up on metal forever. I don't know if you've ever wrote with those cattle markers. Yeah, like a, like a chalk, like a, yeah. Like the, well, yeah, I don't know what's, yeah, chalk, yeah. Oh, they're great. So that's, that was, like, one of my first tools. It was, like, I got one in my pickup right now because I still use them. Dang. It's like the chalk marker. Yeah, when we, so when we, what he's talking about, when you, 
for, we use them a lot with yearlings, you know. Yeah, wheat pasture cattle. Some people put different things on them. We had a mark. If you marked his, you know, front left shoulder, that means he got worked on uh, Monday. You know, his ribs yeah. was Tuesday. His back left was oh, y'all are way more advanced. Was than Wednesday. Us. Ours look like back right hip was Thursday. Ribs were Friday. Front right shoulder Saturday, and his forehead was Sunday. You know, or something like that. I can't remember the exact days. You, you know, but it's like yeah, he had like a pink and a blue. All of a sudden, so you had something like tatted up all the way around. It's like, you know, right. if you were pink last week. Then the next week you're blue. So there's all kinds of ways people do that. Oh, uh, y'all are way more advanced. We had like the prison marks. It was like one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one, two, three, four. What were you about to ask? Don? I was gonna say, did you have to carry around like a graph to like yeah. a cheat sheet, yeah. like a map, a legend? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the legend yeah. in the corner. Well, that yeah. was that's something that like that's another funny thing because like you know my dad he's he's old school but he's like. He's old school and like, let's get it done. So that's why we use like motorcycles. It kind of like phased out of horses and like we started just using, I mean, he gets stuff. I mean, he like, he'd like round up, you know, hundred head of cattle on a bike by himself. Like yeah. it's, it's like a cow dog. It's crazy to watch it. I, I took it for granted, but he was always the guy that was like, get your head out of the clouds. Cause I'm sitting there and I'm like looking at the shoot and you know, like whatever in the panels. And I'm like, oh man, I got this chalk stick. I want to yeah. draw it like whatever. And then finally, like, I think it clicked and like, so he, he was just, he was just like, all right, you brand. So then like, it was like, I was still doing something, you know, it was like marking something and like whatever. And that was like, that's I think, how you could get artistic. Yeah, that was, <laughs> so it's, it's funny. Cause then you go to college and you know, you get all the, all the friends in college and they're like, yeah, I was thinking about getting a tattoo or a brand. I was like, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Y'all should have. <laughs> It'd have been awesome if y'all used a running iron, you know, where you got to like draw the brand on there. Oh yeah. So like, some guys like if you're if you, you know, if you're out catching mavericks or something. There may be two or three, and you got, you just rope them out in the pasture, and they'll have like a little running iron. It's just got like a rounded end where you can like draw the brand on. So it's a little more oh, crude no than like a an yeah. actual, you know, like iron that somebody makes, but. um it's it's a way to get artistic. Dude, you know? I have never used one of those. They call it a running iron. Yeah, I like to call it a sizzle stick. Sizzle but stick. But you could probably I could see you getting to where like you got this real intricate brand and maybe you're branding like a hundred head and you just use a running iron on all of them. But you could I could you could probably be consistent with them. I don't know, man. Like anyway i'd like i'd like to try it just to try it yeah you know what yeah. i mean like next next time we're we're working cattle like i want to i want to give well i'm not gonna let you try it on mine <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we did recently work our calves donnie got to drag for the first time how'd you feel donnie it felt cool it was good yeah I'm, you felt cool yeah good you feel cool when you're doing it how'd so, that feel for the first time it was cool pretty cool <laughs> <laughs> no i meant feeling cool that's what yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, felt cool, <laughs> Leroy. <laughs> um, West Camp, no Wacamole Camp, then West Camp. You wrote better at West Camp than you did Wacamole. What was the difference? I don't really know. Just it was wasn't your first rodeo. Yeah, you had the hang of it. Yeah, mm -hmm. I had it all together. It was a lot less pressure at West Camp. Yeah, it was pretty more. It was a lot more laxed. I get it was we all laxed, but we were kind of done. Yeah, yeah. You feel that when you're dragging and like you you miss a couple, I've never missed, but people <laughs> tell me, people tell me, and you you all of a sudden you realize like, all right, they've already let the last calf up and they're waiting on you. 
that's like the ultimate pressure of oh. of roping, you know, dragging in the in the pen, you know. And it's just like then all of a sudden if you miss cool, you know, rebuilding your loop is just seems like, like it takes forever. You cannot do it fast enough. Yeah. And you drop it or something. Yeah. I'm glad we switched to Bandito. Yeah, me too. Boone's tall. Let's say yeah, he's closer to the ground. Bandito just moves around good. You can yeah. control him with your feet a lot easier. Yeah, you got to have some long shanks <laughs> to get old Boone to do what you want. Just old man. Yeah, you 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 flanked calves really well. It's like you're an old pro flanking calves. Yeah, I've been. I mean, I've been around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're just going up the check mark. It's just like. You can run a vaccine gun, drag... You, you castrated a few. Yeah, that was a lot more difficult than I thought it was going to be. Really? Yeah. Well, I was... You know, you, you got a knife in your hand. Right. You have to kick around. And I was thinking to set it down, but Buster's like, don't set it down. Yeah. And he's like, you lose it. I was like, yeah. Yeah. Calf starts kicking around, cut my finger, cut somebody else. Right. And then, you know, you, you cut it, and... They're hard to pull out of there. Like, right. Yeah, they, and they're slippery. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get a little dirt on your hands. Yeah. yeah. You got to get them in between your fingers and like push and pull at the same time. And right. You got to break that muscle, son. It was a lot yeah. more difficult than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. You got to get those little sacks. What are they called? The top. You know what I'm talking about? No. No. Scrotum? No. It's I all don't. scrotum. Yeah. The well, scrotum is, scrotum. is a, yeah. I'm talking about on the testes, you know? You got to get that one little part out up at the top or else it'll still have semen in it. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? No. No? Mm. You didn't pay attention when we were children. <laughs> but you got to do all of it. Yeah. You got to do I all of it. I've never branded a calf. Oh, you hadn't branded yet? Mm-mm. Mm. Shut the fuck up. Hey, will you turn that light on? Oh, yeah. Oh, Roy. Oh, God. I was wondering why it was darker in here. It's just my personality. Is that it? <laughs> yeah, so last year, last whenever we worked, um, we had, uh, we drug calves, West Camp, guacamole, went and had lunch, and then we came back from lunch, and um, uh, Blue Boy, you went to top Blue Boy, or, or get him a little closer, anyways, whatever. Bowling knot, and uh, we learned just how hard Blue Boy could sit back. Oh yeah, and ripped off Donnie's finger. Did you Did you know that? No. Yeah, look, check out his finger. See how it kind of like. It used to be a lot worse. It for about six months, it was about like that. Your finger oh, go man. like this. Your finger crooked. It go like <laughs> this. Like that rope just sawed it all off right there at the joint. Oh. And there's probably there's probably like that much of a gap. Wouldn't you say? Good inch. It was. That it was gnarly. bone only. Like, this was okay up on top, but, like, this was gone. Just everything had been eaten down to, like, Ugh. the it bone. Was, it was... This, you this could... is why I've never... It's like... It's like my whole job. I've never, I, like... We went this never way. Never I need my hands. Well, it was just... He was just trying to tie a horse up. Yeah. Was a, you're, it, you're kidding. It was yeah. A lead Blue Boy, the uh, Dale Brisby, the yeah. big white horse. Yeah. He's kind of ranchy. I'll put it politely. Yeah. And um, he's fast and he's strong, but everything else, you got to watch him. You know? Yeah. He might buck. He might sit back. You Probably know? saw, uh, like, a leaf fall off a tree. Yeah. 
Made and him, uh, uh, made him sit back. He ran back on it and did almost rip his finger off. Had to go to the hospital. Local went to that town and uh, not a great experience at that hospital. And they were like, well, I'm going to have to send you to Fort Worth and they're probably going to cut it off. And you have to take an ambulance. Um, and so That's a big bill for a cut off finger. Yeah. yeah they, he, so he went to Fort Worth and the, and the nurse was like, I'm just going to put six stitches in it and it's fine. I don't know what they were talking about. And... Was so that? I could have drove him. Yeah. <laughs> and surely this, I mean, what you got this big hospital for, you can't put in six stitches. No. <laughs> anyway, so she put in six stitches and he's fine. His finger's like back to, well, it's not back to normal. Well, it's better than not having one. I don't know. It would have been pretty cool to have one. <laughs> <laughs> was your middle finger? Yeah. Oh, man, if you flip somebody off and you didn't have a finger. It's just a stump. <laughs> But yeah, for the long because like this, they just stitched it over, and for the longest time, it was about like that, like it was. That's yeah. nuts. My strong hands. <laughs> I don't know. I think if they cut it off, it would have taken a long time to get it to stop hurting. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. A buddy of mine got his pinky kicked off. He's catching flanks at a rodeo school, mm-hmm. and he's hooking a flank, and he wasn't paying attention. Turned back and looked, and a horse kicked and busted his pinky off right there. Who? Mason, Johnston. Oh yeah. And uh, to this day, if he hits the tip of it, it hurts quite a bit. Yeah, imagine. Oh. So that was last year at um, um, Spring Brandon. Spring Spring Works. This year at Spring Works, everything went smooth again. Yeah. You know. Um, buck some horses, and we were just gonna cap it off. I mean, let's cap off the afternoon with a good buck out. That's what. That's how we do in Winnebago. And um, we wanted to get Burrito bucked before we send him back. Um, he'd had some weak trips. And anyways, had a weird trip. And uh, I didn't like the way he was bucking. So I dove off. <laughs> Snowmageddon had happened. And um, at the end of the arena, had this colt in there. He was just walking back and forth. Made the ground like this hard. And... Uh, Hard as a rock, son. This colt was walking. And uh, luckily, my collarbone broke my fall. I don't want to call it a fall because Dale Brisby didn't fall. I mean, I just... Stepped off and caught a stirrup. Stepped off, caught a stirrup, whatever. And, um, yeah. Dale Brisby's bones are no match for Dale Brisby. <laughs> Snapped my collarbone into four pieces. So I was like, I didn't want to repeat his experience. So I was like, where should I go? Called my, called my physician. I was like, hey, what's up? She was like, not much. What's going on? I was like, oh, we just got done bucking some horses. What are y'all doing? She was like, just about to have dinner. I was like, okay. Well, I broke my collarbone. And <laughs> where should I go? <laughs> so she was like, she told me the hospital. She was like, the ER sucks, but it's worth it to use their orthopedic surgeon. I was like, okay. So we get to this hospital and, and no signs on the front. No signs. I was like, this is weird. And and uh, so I was like, Donnie, drive around to the back. Maybe that's where the ER. So we get around to the back. Huge sign. Emergency room entrance. Those three words. That's a verbatim what the what the sign says. Red letters. I was like, oh, this is the emergency room entrance. Let's park here and go in with my broken collarbone. And uh, we get out. I barely get out of this truck. Very painful. Very painful at this point. It's been an hour and a half. And Donnie kind of helps me walk. And this lady comes out as if we're about to rob the place. Which, 
you know, I'm not going to hold that against her the way I look. You know, <laughs> I've got this beard and sunglasses I had on a, a beanie, you know, because like I was like, I'm going to be laying in a hospital bed. That'd be more comfortable than my cowboy hat. So fair assessment. She thinks I'm going to rob the place. No, 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 no. She just comes out to tell me, no, no. This is not, did she not like address us like we were dogs peeing on the carpet? <laughs> Don't you feel like that's what she came out? I mean, yeah, a little bit. She I... was like, this is not the entrance. <laughs> she was like, this is for ambulances only. And uh, Donnie says, I said it a certain way. How did I say it, Donnie? <laughs> you're holding your arm up like this. Oh. The sign fooled me. (laughs) (laughs) I said, the sign fooled me. I turned around. I didn't want to climb back up in this big, chunky, you know, truck. And I was like... Chunky truck. (laughs) Just like all the steps and everything. I was like, I'm just going to walk. So I walked around. She was like, you got to go to the front. And I mean, like, she... Like, I, like, took another step because I was thinking, like, she doesn't understand, you know. Yeah. She yeah. she doesn't understand that this is a minor emergency that I've got my, my collarbone broken. She was like, no. It's like she said it again. She's like, go to the front. She was mad. Anyways, nobody there. No cars there. No nothing. Like, it is Dale, Donnie, and employees. So I walk in the front, and this cop comes out with a temperature gun. I was like, surely he's not about to take my temperature. Like, if I got a fever, I'm not welcome. You know what I mean? Like, sorry, sir. <laughs> you're you're, you're 101. You know, go somewhere. I guess the hospital. You bet. Sure enough, he's like, he, he like lets me in, you know, and he checks Donnie's temperature and, and uh, go to the desk. And she was like, uh, yes, can I help you? <laughs> yes, ma'am, you can. <laughs> I'm in a immense amount of pain and i would like to use your emergency room well i'm gonna have to have you fill out this paperwork first <laughs> i was like ma'am I'm, I'm gonna have a hard time writing she said well i can't let you back there i was like surely, surely we could come to some agreement this woman is a sadist you can just she's like trust me your, that i'm in pain right with your broken arm she's Go like, through the other door she was like well do you have somebody that can write for you and i was like he's coming in she, so Donnie fills out the paperwork and hand it back. And I was like, oh, please unlock the door. And she was like, um, if you'll just sit over there and wait, we'll come out and get you. you got to be kidding me. There's nobody in the parking lot. Like, I thought they might have been closed, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we just sit there and wait. And, and so finally, like, you left, right? Well, yeah. And then somebody else came and yeah. helped me. And um, <clears throat> I was like, all right, man. So I go back and they're like, okay, we're going to get some more information from you. Anyways, like I'm like ready to text my family physician like you were right. This this orthopedic <laughs> surgeon better be damn good because this ER <laughs> it sucks. And uh, Yeah, I don't like that hospital. That's not a good hospital. So I'm like filming myself. And this lady comes in, she's like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm trying to pay for this dang hospital <laughs> visit with this YouTube video lady. <laughs> she was like, well, we're just going to have to step out and it's going to prolong your care. And I was like, well, surely it can't get much worse than this. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, so I shut the video off, whatever. And uh, anyhow, from then on, the nurses were pretty good. And 
Then the, the doctor came in. He was like, your collarbone's broke into like four pieces. And I was like, can I get some pain medication? <laughs> so they came in and gave me some morphine. Anyway, turns out I don't think I have to have surgery. The orthopedic surgeon called me the next day. So very interesting. I don't know. Apparently all four pieces of my collarbone are in line. So he said, come back in two weeks for a checkup. Thanks for doesn't look in line. <laughs> well, it was already kind of jagged. This is the third time I've broken. Well, I mean, zigzags are considered a line, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Last night, uh, I was helping him take off his thing, and he was like, "How's it look?" It was just like this huge puffy. It was like it kind of looks like a pillow, you know, look real comfy getting in there. Oh, jeez, it was so. I don't know. A lot of pain that night. The morphine wore off at one thirty. I was wide awake. And almost in tears, but luckily the the ER doctor had prescribed me Tylenol. So children's Tylenol. Yeah, Tylenol. So I took some Tylenol anyhow. That might be a good time to get that carbon fiber graft. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That. So we need to we need to plan better for Springworks. Yeah. Twenty twenty two. Yeah. Ranger, Ranger was saying he's bad luck, or that they're him and Buster are bad luck that they need to stop coming. Buster Frierson and his son Ranger Frierson came to help us. I don't think they're bad luck. No, I agree, but that's what he said. Yeah, I heard him say that as I was getting in the truck, but I knew the risks. Yeah, it's just you know, Blue Boy sits back. We don't tie him up anymore. DB needs to drag the arena once in a while. <laughs> so especially after. Snowmageddon, it's packed down like concrete. Anyway, Leroy, <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, congratulations. Leroy has won four nights in a row the uh, Ranch Showdown. The local showdown at 95.9, The Ranch. 95.9, The Ranch, coming right. to you live. From Sundance Square. From Sundance Square. Oh, yeah. What it is is uh, weeknights on, uh, on The Ranch. We've got uh, we've got the local music showdown. So local musician musicians email in songs, and uh, we emailed in. If I don't call for Leroy, yeah, then tell me they did it either. And uh, <laughs> I mean Ben Ryan, he's the um, DJ. Called me at like seven fourteen. He was like, "Hey, is Leroy ready?" And I was like, "For what?" in an hour he's going on the showdown i was like oh thank you <laughs> yeah no this is great he called me at eight yeah. and uh, it went on at eight ten. and i was like oh okay yeah uh, glad i had cell phone service yeah. <laughs> so pulled over and yeah so the citizens of winnebago came in clutch if you win five nights in a row then you go into the ranch hall of fame and you get to go in for an interview so last night was night number five we find out if he won tonight um, we had a lot of momentum, and there were a lot of people gunning for him. So, Lord willing, he won the fifth night, and he'll get to go on to be in the Ranch Hall of Fame. So, you bet. congratulations. And, well, thank you. That's all I had one, yeah. <clears throat> it's a great song. If I don't call, if you haven't heard it, please download it. Um, Leroy and John Stork wrote it together a little while back while they were recording the song Rodeo Blues, um, which is a song kind of modeled after the bar, my bar. Behind yeah. my house. We wrote half of it in the bar. Yep. While and we were partaking in the bar things. Yep. Yeah, it's kind of a um, 
so rodeo blues and if i don't call um if i don't call it's got some rodeo time lyrics in it absolutely fantastic rodeo song it's played at all the big rodeos calgary houston san antonio um like it's it's a really good pre-rodeo song you know because like it's hard for rodeo like uh sound guys like hambone who was on a podcast recently they don't there's just they like a certain genre of music it's not just like classic country before the rodeo you know so don't um, break my heart that, my achy, breaky heart. That's they, another one of my favorites that you wrote. They don't, <laughs> <laughs> they don't typically play like Beaches of Cheyenne. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's not, but If I Don't Call is like crazy because it's like upbeat and it's very specific to the rodeo community. So like everybody enjoys the song, but if you're like, if you've rodeoed, then you, you understand the lyrics on like a very personal, passionate level. So anyhow, it's interesting because there's a the 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 full band version is super upbeat. It's like you're out there winning, and if I don't call, don't worry. But then the acoustic version, when he slows it down, there's like this other element to it where it's like you may maybe you bucked off, and it's like if I don't call, don't worry. Anyhow, I like the two versions. John has a version out, and it's 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 good. I like yeah. it. So anyhow, congratulations to Leroy. Thank you. Thank you. You got a got a new album coming too, Donnie. What's the date? March twenty sixth. Oh yeah, it's March twenty sixth. Yeah. That's soon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, nine. It's a nine song album. It's gonna be called Unsettled. Seventeen. That's two and a half weeks. Seventeen days from now. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Nice. Unsettled. Unsettled. Yeah, you got some cool songs in there. Thank you. Thank you. Oh man. They're neat. What What's happened? I mean, like we've got an artist here. That's like painting murals on the side of buildings in Dallas and L.A. DB has a broken collarbone. Leroy's got an album coming out, going in the Ranch Hall of Fame. What you got going, Donnie? Tell us what's happening in Donnie Ray Daytona's life. I got a dog. <laughs> <laughs> what's his name? Rango. Rango. Are you going to get him an Instagram? No, absolutely okay. not. I freaking cannot stand that stuff what about me should i get one for boone Mm-mm. i started one for pickle it's just not worth it it's really not but worth boone's it. different yeah there's yeah. a lot of boone content that is true no because then i have more followers than me <laughs> <laughs> yeah that you've dale's, always been i think dale's horse would have more followers than dale yeah. so. you, you've always been super Worried about your followers. Yeah, yeah. You post once a month. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah. It's, I don't know. Like, I feel like you and Dan Bilzerian. Like, it's like, <laughs> oh my gosh, my phone <laughs> fell in the drain. <laughs> um, you compare me to Dan Bilzerian? I don't know Dan personally. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how to say his name, so I'm going to mumble. But I know <laughs> Cowboy, Cerrone, and their buddies. Anyhow. And uh, it looks like Dan posts like once every six months. Yeah, he's got um, millions of followers. What I'm saying is, is like well, they, they post different content. You've, yeah, I was that's say. very much so. But you've got How like so? <laughs> <laughs> you got like almost fifty thousand followers, and you never post. Like you just have them. You're just like it's like you forget. You know, people probably forget they follow me. They're yeah. all I paid for them all. Oh, I, did they're you? not organic. <laughs> um, he's lying, people. <laughs> Um, what was I gonna say? Uh, what kind of what kind of dog you got? It's funny though the people like I know two people 
that I think paid for their followers, you know. Oh, there's people out there. Um, I, the dog, kind of, hold on one second. One, one question <laughs> at a time. <laughs> I had. Your, brain, your brain's going like a mile a minute. <laughs> hold on, I'm confused. One mile an hour. I had a thousand followers before I even had a post on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> That's so stupid. But anyways, it's a Corgi healer mix. His name is Rango. And he's mm. about four four inches tall. And about 10 inches long. Nice. Looks like somebody just walked over his grave. Yeah. And he um, he doesn't like you. You recently started roping him. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, it's so funny. Donnie went to pick him up yesterday, and he just peed all over himself. <laughs> Donnie a, did or the dog? Both. both. <laughs> it was just a dribble. Just a little drizzle. I got a, a, I got a Rango-sized rope, though, so it yeah. doesn't hurt him. It's like a little chicken rope. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun to do bad things. It's fun. It's like roping a little hamster dog. Uh, he Le- looks like a hamster. Yeah. Leroy, that's a huge hamster. <laughs> <laughs> you um, you trying to get rid of pickle? Who's asking? I don't know. You were yesterday. You were trying to offer him to everybody. Don't you need a dog? Have you seen pickle? He's hairless. So I mean, he's not gonna shed. He's a Chinese crested. Oh, he's, he's got some hair. He yeah, is the most on his feet and his head. hideous dog is, you've ever seen in your life. Is he good for roping? <laughs> he He's got long legs. No, yeah. I'm I'm good. I'm good. I, I uh, it's weird. Yesterday, I might have got a dog. I don't know if I did, but like subconsciously, I was like kind of driving, and you know how like you get to a stoplight or whatever, you kind of like check your phone or whatever. I got a I got a friend that um they breed like dobermans and i was i was kind of like you know i wonder how much those go for and i was like i was like oh they go for this much and i was like you know that's about how much one of my drawings goes for and i'm like oh cool well you know like whatever and like i like looked down and i was like did i just trade a drawing for a dog so i might have a dog i just okay. don't know yeah doberman though a doberman so it looked cool but I, okay. i'm like i'm on the road like nine months of the year so i don't know how that's gonna work Speaking of, he did a drawing for you last night at Brothers. What yeah. have you done with it? It's on my kitchen table right now. Okay. You gonna put it in a shadow box? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Get it framed. Um, before we get away from roping, on my on my um, text here, nine four zero three five three zero eight nine zero. You can text me the word podcast and then send me a question, and sometimes we'll answer it on the podcast. Arion. A-Y-E-A-Y-R-E-O-N, Green. Arion? Anyway, they ask, uh, so this is a question that I want to that I want to teach me Arian. on a podcast, how to rope. I've gotten a rope, and I'm going to start roping, but I don't know how to rope. So you The want first me thing you need is a dog. Teach you how to rope on a podcast. By sound. <laughs> this is perfect, because I've got a broken collarbone, because I wouldn't be able to show you in a video. <laughs> if it doesn't sound like this... <laughs> you're doing it wrong. So you're you're welcome to send me any question, and we'll try to answer it on the podcast. Me teaching you how to rope on the podcast is going to be difficult. Number one, I don't really know how to rope. I can barely catch them in the Brandon pin when we've got all day. And uh, number two, I don't know how to explain it. So um, we're going to go to the next question. <laughs> Pass. Pass. <laughs> You should have John Harrison. Yes, of course. I love John Harrison. Um, 
When are you going to publish your book on being a super puncher? I can't find it on Audible. Yes, I need to. Yes. Would you read it yourself? Yes, I think. That would be. I would I feel, have to. I feel like you would have to because you couldn't have, unless you could get like Anthony Hopkins or Morgan Freeman being you. I think we talked about that last time. But that would be sick. How? But I don't see like an audible dude reading like as you like. And then, you know, like with the with the. I would love to have Morgan Freeman doing my my audio book. I told you I downloaded Waze whenever they had his voice just because like I didn't even use it, but I would be like taking out my trash and like Morgan Freeman would be like, you take, take a, a left. Take at the, a right. Yeah. At the alley. Walk 30 feet. I was like, this is sick. Vince Stark says, uh, what is Wes doing? Donnie, you answer that while I look for the next question. Wes is working on power lines. He's a... He's a lineman for the county. He's a... I don't know what he's working. I don't know what he does, he's, actually. He's bringing electric to people. That's what he does. Electricity into your homes so you can toast your toast. He's climbing poles. He's a pole climber. Yeah. Okay. Is he out? Um, and he's getting married. Yeah. Is he? Congratulations. Ethan Kreider s- says... Uh, what? <laughs> you said that with such disappointment. He's getting married. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> what goes through your mind when you are riding a bull? Ethan Kreider says. What I'm going to eat for lunch? Yeah. How many chicken nuggets? No, is that what you're gonna say? Yeah, no, that's exactly what I was gonna say. Madison Curry says, "How did you meet JB? Tell us about the day you met JB, Donnie. What was going through your mind?" Mm, don't say anything to piss him off. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you I, think that? I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking. I was just hindsight. I was. Ho- that's probably I don't know what I was thinking. I met him in Vegas. Uh, met him and he's like, "Hey, come with me." And we went to the high roller table at the Luxor. And he made me gamble with his own money. So the first time I met him, it was, "Do not lose his money. <laughs> Do not lose his money." That's when you met him. Yeah. Was that El Dorado days? Mm-hmm. In Vegas. Man, it was neat. It was a cool. Cool first experience. I was about to say that would be like I would already kind of be like a little bit like dang that's that's that is a crazy way to meet somebody. Well, and think about who you're meeting. JB Mooney. Yeah, put yourselves in (laughs) Leroy's shoes right now. You meet JB Mooney at a blackjack table at the Excalibur Casino in Las Vegas in May. Luxor. Luxor. Yeah, because it's the pyramid, yeah, the pyramid thing. That's right. It's a triangle. It's a triangle. It's a... See, um, and he's he's betting like thousands how much of dollars per hand. And he's uh, like the hey. hands that he he would like he would he just wanted me to hang out with him. Like I wasn't playing. I, I wasn't spending that much money at the high roller deal. And he's like, no man, just hang out with me. And sat down with him. And he'd get up to go to the bathroom. And uh, he'd be like, play that hand for me. And he'd put $1,000 out. And I'm like, no, I'm not playing a $1,000 hand of blackjack. Are you serious? And he's like, do it. And uh, I, never lost any of, I never lost any of his money. It made him money. And then he fun. lost it all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How much did he lose? 
I don't want to talk about this. No. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure he would. He don't. Oh uh, well. You gotta you gotta bet big to win big. When he you're won in Vegas. big. He he was winning really really big. He did really good, and then uh, like seventeen thousand is probably what what he lost. But he did walk away with some. No. He <laughs> <laughs> got big. Yeah, like he we because we we but stayed up until six thirty that morning because you and I had to go film something, and. When I got back to the room, you were waking up, and yeah, yeah, he didn't. He walked back, and then we got back to the rodeo that night, and he said, uh, you got any of them chips in your pocket or anything? How much did we win? I was like, man, you lost all of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Brendan Stewart said, how much did he put in his pocket? Uh, he was gambling with somebody, and like somebody 7, left. Yeah. 7,500. Yeah. Like and this guy was like sick that he lost 7,500. And Brandon Stewart made him drive all the way home from Vegas. And right when they were getting out of the truck, he was like, hey, brother, here's your 7500 I took it off the table for you. That's a friend. That's Next a time friend. you gamble with JB and he lets you gamble and you go to the bathroom, put about 10000 in your pocket. 10000 of his chips in And just pocket. tell him you lost it. Right. And then the next day, like, hey, happy here's your birthday. Money's... No, don't tell him it was from the blackjack table. Just tell him, like, <laughs> yeah. Just like, hey, brother, I want to give you ten grand. I'm cool doing that now, but I wasn't about to do that the first time I was hanging out with him. Um, yeah, no, it's fun. Last time I went to Vegas, I think I, I think I might have gambled like, like five bucks, and it was like I was done after that. How? Because they were, because like everybody was like, are you gonna, How? are you gonna, are you gonna gamble? Are you gonna? I was like, man, I grew up farming and ranching. I'm a full time artist. I gamble every day. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> like whatever I made. Mate, I uh, it's hard. It's hard not to gamble because when we go to Vegas, we're there for like fourteen days at a time. Oh, that's the rabbit hole, man. Yeah, get bored, especially if you don't go to the rodeo that night and you're staying in a casino. It's like a giant shopping mall. What else you gonna do? Yeah, and they got they got the rodeo on every TV in the casinos. So like Mirage, that's where we'll go, and that's where I've been staying. So we'll go in the Mirage and. Not to mention, they got my face on a blackjack table. So, like, on a felt. So, you're watching the rodeo in front of a table with your face on it. Nah, I guess I'll play. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, and it's hard yeah. not to put down 60, 80 bucks. And anyhow, I usually have like a $250. $250. If I lose $250, i am done, you know. Yeah. But if I can stay under the loss of $250, and, yeah. and even if I get up some... I think the most I've ever walked away from Vegas having won was like a thousand bucks, maybe. Man, but that's pretty cool though. I've, I've, like, I usually never. I don't remember a time where I've lost more than three hundred. I so whenever we went, I liked being with the group because we would all sit down at a blackjack table, and it was like a group of us, and then like the dealer. Yeah, and then it and because then it's like you're playing with your friends, uh-huh. and I feel like you kind of play together and you know what to do. Then it's like somebody's coming out on top. Yep. As long as it's not the dealer. Yeah. But I liked that. Right. But it. But I was. I wasn't using my money. Leroy. Again. Leroy was playing a different. Game. What was that game called? I, mean, I can't remember. It's some flush. It's a flush game. That, Stir found it. Yeah. So he's the one that showed me how to play it. It. It pays pretty well. Was that the Mirage too? Yeah. It's. Uh, I think it's like the. Man, I can't remember what kind of flush game it is. If you but. guys are planning on going to. <laughs> The NFR 2021, come see us at the Mirage. That's where we hang out, VIP, after party. Me and Matt West, Leroy, Donnie Ray Daytona will be there. We'll try to get Drew out. 
but um, I'm trying to get JB in the mix. We were emailing back and forth, and I was like, look, if you guys want, like, have a JBDB party, like, that's where we can I'm getting throw excited oh, man. just thinking about a it. A JBDB <laughs> party? That'd be... I mean, it was it was packed every night uh, in 19 yeah. when we did it. Yeah. If it was a JBDB party, like, they're going to have to be... They're going to kick people out of the casino. There's going to be a fire It's hazard. only going to be... Yeah, they're, they're going to max it out. I don't... I'm, like... Hair on my arm standing up thinking about going back to Vegas right now. <laughs> like, I cannot wait. To you know get what's going to be Vegas. fun? Like, I know, like, yes, um, you know, you want to make the NFR, but there'll come a time too. They got that, uh, Stace puts on that fraternity, mm-hmm. and you get to ride at that fraternity. Permit challenge? Yeah. No. Well, yeah, that. Yeah, that. The Buckenstock sale. I forgot about that. But you got to be invited now. Do you? I don't think so. Yeah. Permit challenge? Yeah, they don't do a full oh, it's challenge. Like top five? It's, yeah, it's like top five or ten. It's an invitation. Well, then, then who gets on the other deal? horses for sale? I don't you know. sure it's not both? I think they do it at the Futurity. I don't think they have the sale that. I don't think they really. I don't know. No, I think every I think time you that can, I've tried to look at entering the permit thing, they, they got a permit it. challenge that you can enter. It's like you remember the Buckingham sale mm-hmm. in Oklahoma. Yeah. No. Or yeah, I, w- I didn't go to it. Or but yeah, I, sure. It's at South Point. Yeah. And uh, you getting to ride in Vegas during the NFR is pretty cool. Yeah. And then uh, and then Stace they do a Buckingham sale and then Stace does a fraternity mm-hmm. and they do another Buckingham sale and then they have the second round. Anyway, that's how they used to break it down. Getting to ride at any of those while you're out there would be pretty baller. Yeah. Yeah, I would. And because Stace has that party the night before, and you get this jacket. Pretty cool. So, anyways, you should have that on your mind. Um, we got another question from Parker Grogan. I do have a question for you. What is it like to be a cowboy? I thought this would be interesting for Donnie to answer. Having come from Missouri, you're bartender, college kid, farm kid, and now you're in Texas. Redhead. Redhead. <laughs> now you're in Texas and you're about to, you know, be labeled a cable. You bet. Yeah, but I don't know, man. That's hard. I don't know. What do you not know? Uh, or, or walk him through it. How do you feel? Dale calls you a cowboy. What makes you say? Shoot, yeah. What makes you say I don't know? I just, you know, you never like to like that term. You never. I don't think you. You definitely don't ever. I don't want to say this. I don't think you want to be the first person to use that to describe yourself. That's but, a good answer, though. But I, I don't know if you ever get to the point where you really use that to describe yourself. I, I don't agree know. with you. I think the same thing. Like, like somebody asks me, I don't. You. I don't ever tell anybody if, I'm a cowboy. If you like, it's when you got the peers, like the people that do it for when they call you that. Then I think you can check that box off, maybe. But yeah, I, I don't know. Is and there's people that have earned the right and that are damn sure cowboys and they get to call themselves that. But I I, I relate to that though because whenever people. Like I, I do that with like the artist thing because I feel like it's thrown around a lot. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely like a spectrum. Yeah. But like, if somebody's like, oh, like, uh, like, what do you do for a living? I'm always like, oh, I'm a painter. 
Yeah. And, that, and then, you know, the question is like, well, uh, commercial or residential? And I'm like, a little bit of both. And that's it, you know, but like, but I'm never going to be like, oh, I'm an, I'm an yeah, artist. Cause no. then they're like, so, so you're like a rapper or, yeah, you know, like, like what, what do you, like you interpretive dance? Like what, it's, it's like a weird title thing where I feel like I've always had to like, I'll earn that. And whenever other people call me that, then that means I've earned it. So I relate to that. Cause it's yeah. the same thing as like, it's flattering when people think that you might be, but. I don't know when you compare yeah. when you compare yourself to the people that you look up to and respect and do it like personally. Yeah, I don't I don't yeah. figure myself one. It's almost like a compliment instead of a title. Yeah, it's like something you got. It's like a doctor. You got to like earn it first, and then yeah. if somebody else calls you, it's like got it. Yeah, I see where I see where you're coming from. Like you're you you have um, you've elevated this word, and you're seeing it as I think you're describing, and this is okay. But you're describing it as like a like a level that you're trying to reach, whereas if you were if you were full time doctor in yearlings, yeah, you know, for me, you edit a lot of videos. That's your main job. Yeah, you'll edit and uh, film, and um, but if you were doctor in yearlings full time, or you were working on a ranch full time, then by trade and by definition, it might be easy to call yourself a cowboy. Yeah. But mm-hmm. what you're saying is like, would you consider yourself a cowboy just by your abilities? Is that what you're talking about? I think both. Yeah, yeah. I think there's. A, but I'm saying since it's not your trade. Yeah. Yeah. It just depends on how you're asking the question. Like, what's it like to be a cowboy? Um, meaning, like, that's how you make your living, or. Like this is something that you're good at doing every day. Like it just, it's such a deep word. You yeah, know? it's just hard. Like it's, I don't know. Like, There's a lot that goes into it. Just trying to think about it. Like I, had, I haven't ridden a horse in <laughs> three weeks. Yeah. And it's not very many cowboys that call themselves cowboys. You know, they're riding horses every day, every other day, if not every. To where it's, I don't, I don't like to tell people that. It's, it's almost like because I keep relating it back to the art thing. It's like you break it down into categories. It's like like artist thing. It's like I'm an artist. Well, are you a musician? Are you a painter? Are you a sculptor? It's like what's it like being a cowboy? Well, it's like are you a bronc rider? Are you a bull rider? Yeah. You like you got yearlings? Do you, you know what I mean? Like are you a dairy farmer? Do you <laughs> like ranch what? by trade? Yeah. And you yeah. have you know yeah. or do you like it's a subcult? You grew sub- up. Yeah. You might have grown up horseback, but now you're a YouTuber. Yeah. And you have horses, <laughs> well, you know. That and there's just like it depends on who's asking the question. Like if it's another if it's a cowboy cowboy asking, you a cowboy? It's like I mean eh. I dabble. <laughs> I dabble. <laughs> I dabble a little. Are uh, you are you a cattleman? It's right, like yeah. that cuz there's that's if, something else. It's like cuz like growing up like i would i would consider my dad more of a cattleman because it's like he's got he's i mean there was times when we were kids it was just like him and my dad and my brother it was like had a lot of cattle and then like with my granddad around it was like he would call up cowboys to come help us get cattle up and it was like i would consider my granddad like a cattleman he wasn't like a cowboy he wasn't like a hand he was like it was like his outfit yeah, that's a great differentiator. You know, there's a lot of people, especially when you get off into like East Texas, where mm. you can run um, more. And, and the reason why I say that is because you can you can have a hundred acres 
and you can run, you know, 22 head on 100 acres. Yeah. And so you bump the horn, they come up, and you you wean them by yourself. You could almost do it all by yourself. If you're going to run 20 head in West Texas, you know, then you need 400 acres, 500 acres. Yeah. You know, just because the, the grass is different, and that's – you know, it's nothing against East Texas. There's plenty of like cowboys in East Texas. Yeah. But in West Texas, like, there's pastures. You know, three, four thousand acres. You know that that would be a normal size pasture for random ranches. Yeah. In East Texas, like that's two ranches because of the the grass difference. And so, um, a lot of people in East Texas may just refer to themselves as cattlemen. You know. Yeah. Or, or by definition, might just be a cattleman, and then. You know, in West Texas, like, you have to have those cowboys, which New Mexico, where you're talking about, is a lot like West Texas. You know, got yeah. a bigger country that supports less cows. And so you got to have guys horseback that know how to handle a horse and just by trade, they are cowboys. Yeah. Anyhow, what we do here in Winnebago is a mixture of all that. Yeah. We're, we, we cowboy by trade. We are rodeo cowboys, and we dabble in all of it. We film it so that the world can see it. Space I do cowboys. consider you a cowboy. Well, I appreciate Donnie, that. Um, Leroy, very much so. Well, thank you. Even you, Drew. I don't like to call hey, myself one. I appreciate it. And, and I say even you because like you're a guest here, and I'm even you I'll as part it. of the posse. You know, I'll take it. But yes, you are a cowboy. <laughs> Who asked this question? What was his name? Philip. I've already moved. Philip. Philip, it's Rogan. complicated. When I say I don't like calling myself one, it's not that I love being a cowboy. It's I don't. Yeah, I, it's hard to explain. When the, when you hear the word cowboy, you're thinking of the guys you know. Yeah, that I'm thinking of the Burson Brothers and yeah, the guys your old you man. Respect. Yeah, my dad and uh, Wendell Culp and, and those guys. Boots that O'Neill are, yeah. and Tom Morehouse. Oh, my yeah. gosh. With a name like Boots O'Neill, yeah. you're a cowboy. He's a legend. Oh yeah, he's he's a legend. He's gonna, like 87. Yeah, he's like one oh of those man. Guys. He still gets he's more back. Like this spring, he will be Brandon Cavs. Like he'll be roping and dragging. 87 years old. He's and there's a lot of those cowboys like that. Dude, Tom I'm, Morehouse. He's not 87. Tom Morehouse is a little older, and he's he cowboys every day. He's trotting through yearlings. You know, dude. I I know a guy from my hometown. It's like he he actually just like broke his hip. He's like one of those old. He's yeah. like riding and just hit a little bit, and it's like, dude, it's because you're old. Yeah. <laughs> so what? Uh, Boots has a brother, Wes O'Neill, and these are like Wes worked on the Wagner Ranch for over fifty years. Mm. You know what I mean? Like that's for some of our yeah. listeners. Like that's two lifetimes. It's two you lifetimes know, for me. For Donnie, that's, that'd be. All the li- all the years you've lived, times that by two. Imagine ranching on Just one ranch like, for that long. Yeah. You know where every hole in that place is. No at kidding. That point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you say. But, but such also, and such. Like, watch yourself over there. Yeah. <laughs> such and You're such. Not even looking. I just know. I, th- I think Can you imagine some... dragging a calf, and you you worked that calf's great 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 granddad. Like you've been there that long. I, th- I think it's important, though, for people that, like, don't know what it's like to understand the quality of life that you have. Because I know guys that I grew up with that, like, uh, like one of my buddies, his dad passed away when we were, like, 17, and he took over the outfit. Or, no, we were, like, 14. And I saw him when I was, like, 17. And he was already, like, triple my age. I didn't recognize dude. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? It was yeah. like, I was like, I am still a child. And within two years, this dude was a full grown man and had like years on me. So I can't a imagine. Beard and a wife. And <laughs> yeah. Like kids, <laughs> kids wife, his face, yeah. leather. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. like it's, it's like, you look at it as like, man, it's not an easy life. And then you go no. 50 years on a ranch. You know what I mean? Like Dang. hard yeah. manual labor every day. It's, it's rough, dude. It's one of those. I can't life- imagine that. We, we've been talking about this recently. It's, it's a lifestyle that you, you get going down this road and you realize that like, man, I got to love this cause I'm not in it for the money. You know, mm-hmm. there's other things I could do to make more money. Oh yeah. And that's anything, <laughs> you know, no matter what you're doing, you know, um, I almost said even playing football, but like you can be passionate about playing football and you end up making millions. <laughs> so that's a different story. It's true. But you do have to be passionate about that though. Definitely. You go into college football compared to, you know, that they, that's your life. You want to go into a D1 workout and off season. <laughs> you got to love that. But that's even a factor. You know, like I was talking to uh, a guy that is third in line at an NFL football team. You know, as far as like ranking and as like the bosses, not a player. Yeah, and yeah. we were just conversating about um, some of these athletes, and and it's like some of these guys get. Um, and he wasn't talking about anybody in general, but he was just talking about. Um, he wasn't talking about anybody specifically. We were just talking in generalities, where he's like, you know, some of these guys get fifteen, twenty, fifty, fifty million dollar contracts, and then all of a sudden their game kind of goes downhill. You know, because not everybody's like a Tom Brady. I got that money. Who absolutely is doing it because they love the sport, you know. And somebody like Tom Brady or, you know, LeBron James, it's obvious, you know, that it's it's more than money to them because you can't. They just want want to be the greatest. You can't put forth that much effort for that long for, you know, and not have gotten comfortable. And rodeo's the same way. Cowboy's the same way. Except, you know, it happens day one. <laughs> Those big million dollar checks don't come for everybody. Yeah. You know, occasionally they do, thanks to things like the American and Rodeo today, where there's people can make a lot of money. But, you know, everyday cowboys, you know, you're just not going to get that check that you look up and you're just like, well, I can take it easy ranching today now that I'm rich. <laughs> it's, the, it's the trade-off, though, because it's the lifestyle. Yes, it's, that's what you're doing it for. Yeah, it's yeah. it's like I'm sure I mean, you like, experience the same thing as an artist. Oh yeah, it's it's weird because like uh, I never thought that they were they were similar at all until it was like, oh, I'm coming out on top because I'm not in debt, and then it was like, oh my gosh, I'm doing the same thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like I, as long as you're like not in debt to the bank or like the you know cattle market's good, whatever. Like art market's good, I'm selling like whatever. And if you're on top, then it w- for a long time it was like it finally clicked. It's like this is like the same thing. Yeah. And it it hurt, but then you start doing better, and it's and then you get competing with yourself, and that's whenever it like yeah. It's you 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 start uh having that Tom Brady mentality where it's like well, money is almost like a a. It's like after it's like a side thing. Yeah, it's, it's not like, the driving factor. It's not the driving it's just factor. Like, oh, that's so. cool. I get that for doing this. Neat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's whenever you start making money. I feel like cattle, like ranch and cowboy, might be kind of the same. But but it's more. That's more of like the lifestyle. Like you're never gonna get rich just being like a day hand. But you, thousand percent. But you get 
Because you can't you, scale it. You're exactly. just trading time for money. Exactly. And but you get you get freedom. You get yes. beauty and you get those small moments that a lot of people will never understand or know. Yep. Yeah. That sounds the stuff pretty, the money can't buy anyway. This, so, exactly. Yeah. If you have the not mindset to sound cliche that, or cheesy, but that's no, it's the truth. If you have the mindset and you gotta you gotta be self, you know, evaluating your evaluating yourself, self aware. If you have the mindset that money is a problem solver, then you shouldn't be mm. a cowboy. If you have the mindset that like, well, if that money is going to give you happiness or peace, then you can't be a cowboy because you're going to, you know, but if you have the mindset that like perspective is going to solve that problem and, you know, you'd rather be horseback and make 125, 150 in a day than behind a desk and make 260 that day, then you're in the right profession. But... Uh, Money still does. It helps. <laughs> oh yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Don't get like, me wrong. If you know that your bills are paid for the next six months, and you're you're, you're going to have enough money for the next six months to buy feed, you should feel good about yourself. No, hundred percent. Have, you, have yeah, you ever you seen anybody frown on a G six? <laughs> <laughs> and there's ways that you can make more than one twenty five. Oh, definitely. I'm just talking yeah. about like just that's just a quick example. Like, I was just throwing it. You know, you're not like, married yeah. into it's day work money 125 like there's there's jobs out there where you can you know we've got friends where they they dip their their hand into multiple buckets where it's like they're running a ranch for somebody managing cows they're also training horses and selling those on the side um they might shoe horses also and now all of a sudden it's like yeah this guy or whatever i can make 42.5 a year you know and that's great you know whereas one you know, buck 25 day working, you know, it right. looks like five days you look a week. up and you're like, okay, I made 18,000 this year. What else can I, you know what I'm saying? So like there's ways where you can just kind of hustle. Uh, Jeff Nelms asks, are you serious about total feeds? I have a 20 year old gelding and I want to give him something to make him look like a 10 year old bronc. What do you recommend? I said, I recommend total feeds, total equine, total equine. That's what I did for Boone. That's why I've, I was feeding Total Equine long before they were my sponsor. Yes, they are my sponsor now, but like I was, I was paying for that feed. And if if they decided, hey, we're gonna go a different direction and go with like the second greatest bull rider of all time or third greatest, you know, whoever those people might be, I would still feed it. So that's where I'm at on that. It smells really good too. Yeah. How's it taste? It kind of, it, it's all right, but it kind of chaps you coming out. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. 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 Boone hasn't complained about it, though. No. Let me get one more question. What does it take to get started as a stock contractor? Anthony Sims asks. You know, I know a guy that, that raises bulls, and he's got like 10 acres. You know, I think I think the start with good genetics, you know, if you want to actually be the guy that that like houses the bulls, then you obviously need some land somewhere to put them. You don't have to have a big ranch. That would help, but like you got somewhere we got 10, 12 acres and you can have a little buckout pen and you know, you feed the bulls cuz sometimes you want to control their diet anyway. Now, if you're trying to like run a cow, run cows and like breed these cows and and like raise the calf, you're going to need some country. But if you can find somewhere to like buy bull yearlings or buy two-year-old bulls and buck those and you just kind of like buy and sell and you're trading then you don't need as much uh country you don't need 
you know, more than 10, 20 acres. Um, there's other ways to get involved. You can partner with people, you know, JB and I, like we would take a partner, you know, you want to partner on a bull that bull does well, then we split the income. Uh, you already got bulls and you're wanting to put on a rodeo sub subcontract some horses or calves and all that jazz. You don't have to have it all yourself. Yeah. He did say stock contractor. I was thinking just bull business. You're talking about horses. Yeah. Like if you're wanting to put on rodeos, then if you have, if you have roping calves or you already have the roping steers and all that, you can call and subcontract and start a rodeo company doing it that way. Um, more hands in the pot though means less money to work with, but uh, you get that question. It's a way a to lot, do it. I feel like it's one way to get into a it. Stock contract. Figure out if it's something you want to do. It's a lot of people that like to own bucking stock. You think it's because like they don't PBR. They don't actually want. They want to be a part of rodeo, but they don't want to get on bulls or bucking horses. Um, I don't think that it's necessarily like a. I mean, yeah, obviously they would have the thought like I don't want to ride bulls but it's not necessarily like I, I think the PBR has helped make that role in the industry um, more hold on let me hit pause on this um, podcast resumed uh, so I think the PBR has done a great job of like of of like showing that side of the industry and it's caused more people to want to be stock contractors and raise the bulls it's like bulls against bull riders which is fine because it's like elevated the game of the bulls you know and it's made bucking bulls like worth a lot more it's 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 just because it becomes competitive yeah you know it's like capitalism and so um and, and it's, it's also just ex- it's exciting like yes what if they only got two or three bulls and it's just that thought of man what if that guy over there makes it what if that's the bull of the year yeah. like just that thought process just makes it make gives somebody gives you something to look forward to gives you something to work towards i think i think that's like an interesting that's that's what to me like because i i've never really been into like bull riding or whatever until like the last i mean started hanging out with you guys started getting more into it learning about it or whatever but i think that's like an interesting concept for people who don't like know or haven't watched it it's like the man versus bull thing it's like no so this is where it's getting to is like you get guys like this or like breeders or like whatever you get into like i don't know but then you have like uh just just for like namesake or whatever for the people that don't know you have like the tom brady of bull riding but then you have like the tom brady of bulls yes like the rank is sucker and then you put them together and it's like oh this is this is crazy. Yes. Like, so so that's where you started. It gets interesting where it's like those three where it's like, no, this is the baddest of the bad. Yeah. Right. Like, that's where it gets fun. The one thing I disagree with, or the one thing I don't understand would be like as a stock contractor, I would never be able to remove myself from the human side of it. So no matter how good a bull could get, like, I, I feel like unless I just really didn't like the guy... <laughs> I would want, like, I would be excited to see, as rank as my bull could be, like, I would be excited to see someone go 90-some-odd points on my bull. Oh, definitely. Yeah. You know? Like, you like, want to see somebody win the rodeo on I your don't bull. Wanna, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to see somebody get one jumped, and then, I, you know, you're not going to see me cheering. If I yeah. flank a bull and somebody gets one jumped, then um, 
I'm not going to just like be raising the roof. No, you know? but I yeah. mean, now if it is at a, if you're, if you're at one of those competitions at the, what you call it, the ABBIs or something like that. And that's, that's what it is. That's how you win. Yeah, I mean, but it's a little different. I mean, the bull can still score with the, with the rider, riding right. him, you know? Well, that's a, that's a great question too, though. It was like, do you think it's going to take somebody that's almost like a sadist to where it's like, I'm going to get the baddest bull that's ever been alive for it to like get to another level you know, know what i, I feel mean? like it's already on that level yeah. like, those i mean bulls, like i watch them and it's like so yeah. many ranked bulls you know like you'll go to bull right like even at the american the other night in the in the uh long in the eight man round colton fritzlin was the only one to ride you know what i'm saying it's like eight yeah. man eight and, of like the top 25 bull riders in the world and they only ride one out of eight so that's, like that's see, what I'm that's saying. Nuts. Like, yeah, it's I already think the bull it's industry already is there. already there. And yeah. the TV TV doesn't do it justice. No, like you got to no, go to a PBR, yeah. go to one of those good bull ridings to really understand what those animals are capable of. I'm not saying like and, you shouldn't like keep breeding. No, good, no, good bulls with good bucking cows and and try to make the genetics. But like, anyways, I'm just I'm like. Cause I'm like on that like Jurassic Park mindset where I'm like, yeah, how crazy is it gonna get? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, are they? We gonna, need a are, bigger buck and shoot. For yeah, this yeah. <laughs> they're gonna like be also, scientists in a lab. Like he's got like, talons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, the spikes on his head, you know, and yeah. then and then the shell on his back really make it difficult to. Yeah. Ride <laughs> the battle axe on the tail. You got to watch that. He actually died in the buck and shoot. Yeah. <laughs> the bull rider. Um. Let's go around the horn. What's your life advice, Leroy? Go. Uh, come back to me, Donnie. Go. Gosh dang. Um, a man has two lives. That's what I was gonna say. And his second one starts when he realizes he only has one. That's mine. That's kind of what I was gonna say. Okay. But. What you got, Drew? Two mice. Fall in a bucket of cream. <laughs> One mouse. No, I'm done. <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> now, if uh, if there's something that you want to do, do it now. Like, don't wait. Yeah, just start doing it. Yeah, that's that's good. I'm I'm gonna stick with you. I'm gonna because like uh, with art, whatever. Final thoughts. You go through, and it's like bull riding, cowboying, uh, whatever you do you're going to get a lot better and you're going to get where you want to go if you just go all in and do it. Just get into it, do it, hustle. It'll work it'll work itself out. It'll get there. Keep swinging. That's what I you're know. You're going to hit something eventually. Just don't stop. You don't stop, it's going to work out. Amen. At least that's how I feel. New album out. Yeah. March 20. Also check out 26, the 12 Leroy merch. DaleBrisby.com. Oh, yeah. I got me a new page on DaleBrisby.com. Go check that out. That Leroy stuff. Sick. Pickle in a pocket. Oh, pickle in your pocket. What you got for life advice, Donnie? Live free, die hard. Rodeo. Yep. Eat, <laughs> sleep, Wait. live free, die hard. Rodeo. Cowboy. Isn't that the... It's a sequel to Die Hard. Oh, I thought that was the logo on the front of Die Hard. Live free, die hard. Well, it's a sequel to that. That's what it's what oh, it's it called. Is the sequel? It's what it's yeah. called. Oh. Not only the logo, but it's what the movie's called. Oh. Get rich or die crying. Wait. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
rodeo time pow pow on to the next one thank you for watching thank you for listening and um peace out we're on to the next one Thank <laughs> you.